Welcome to Freedom Junkie Radio. Today I have Christina Dean with me and Christina is a healer. She's an intuitive writer, an intentional healer, an insightful life coach, specializing in helping others navigate through life experiences and past traumas by dissecting the origins. Once they can see clearly, she creates a plan with them to construct their ideal reality while supporting them along their journey. But this is the part that I'm really excited about. Christina is also a powerhouse free birther, having had four beautiful unassisted home births. Each birth had its own signature energy and vibrational field specific to the child's journey and mother's transformation. Welcome, Christina. Thank you so much for having me, Betsy. I'm so thankful to be here and speak to you and share my journey. Well, I home birth for me is one of the hallmarks of my life. It transformed me as a person and I, it empowered me as a woman. And I wanted to share that with everyone so much. I wrote a book about it called Birthright, which I'll put in the show notes and people can, can read it. It was my gift to the world mm. of people who don't know anything about it because like 97 or 98% of women give birth in the hospital and don't even consider the idea of doing it at home. And there's, it's one of my favorite things I ever did. And so I knew I wanted to bring somebody on and interview them just to get more of this exposure to that freedom that you have. You don't have to go to the hospital and experience that sterile being poked and told what to do and all that. You don't have to. You can have a beautiful experience at home the way that humans did it forever. And then I met you and <laughs> you blew my mind because I thought I was on the cutting edge of birth by doing it at home. And I thought that was so edgy and fearless and amazing. And then I had a healing experience with you and you were, we were talking about home birth and you said, well, I did four unassisted home births. And that blew the, I, I didn't realize I was in a box. I didn't know you could do that. So before I get, I let you talk, I've got to say <laughs> one more thing. I had a latent desire to have an unassisted birth with my second. And I didn't tell anyone because I thought you couldn't say that. This is why you're blowing me away so much. So you secretly wanted to I do this? I secretly ah, wanted okay. <laughs> to know what it was like to give birth like a walrus or a horse or, you know, like a mammal. Yeah. And not have anyone there telling me what to do and what not to do. I secretly wanted that. And I didn't know that I could express that because I thought people would be like, that's dangerous and you can't do that. They do say that. Right. So I want to learn all about this, but it happened. My midwife yeah. missed my second birth wow. and, and we did have technically an unassisted home birth and an intentionally and it went great. And that was awesome. So did she come in at the end or did you actually have him already? She, he was there. She wow. came in, she was, she made it for the placenta. Ah, uh, so that okay. was helpful. Yep. Um, I want to know firstly, what do you think gave you the fearlessness and the idea and the courage to want to do unassisted home birth? I've always lived outside of the box. I, since I was a little girl, any, anything that felt like it was 
supposed to be or the way that everybody treated life this is normal this is how you should act and this is how you should be and you should you know I always tested those limits even as a kid um, and when I got pregnant I did not want to be pregnant which this is obviously a different direction but I had never thought of the idea of you know, you're going to get pregnant and then I, you're going to do an unassisted birth or you're going to, you know, you're going to do a home birth or you're going to, I never even had a thought in my head prior to seeing that stick saying you're pregnant about how I wanted to have a baby. So I've thought about this a lot because I never had sort of that thought process of okay we're trying to get pregnant and when I get pregnant I'm going to go to the doctor and I'm going to have and I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that so going back to how I always lived outside the box even as a child and then as a teen and I never felt like I fit in period but when my mom died at age 16 I made a commitment to myself that I would specifically in the in the you know the environment of doctors and hospitals and, and things like that that I would find ways to naturally heal myself so if something happened to me in my life I would figure out a way to naturally heal those things so when my mom passed away and going on this journey of self-healing and self-discovery and and sort of understanding how not to to fit into this box of having to go to a hospital when something is off or when something is wrong or you know um then when i had found out i was pregnant my husband looked at me and we were just kind of looking at each other like he's like you said you didn't want kids you said you don't and the first thing i said to him is you know i have to be at peace with this and by the way we're going to do a home birth completely unassisted just the two of us i had no idea what that was I didn't understand it. I didn't hear anybody say that ever in my entire life. I was a C-section birth. So, and my mom had, you know, these terrible birthing experiences. And so when I said that to him, he was just like, oh, okay. You know, he, he's very progressive in that way also. And he just kind of looked at me, okay, that, that we can do that. We'll figure that out. We'll, we'll make it work. We'll, we'll see how to, do this how old were you 24 okay yep I was 24 so and my mom passed when I was 16 and then I went on that journey of figuring out how do you naturally heal yourself what do you put in your body how how do you treat your mind how do you treat your being to keep yourself centered and balanced so you know and it, it started off as a way to to be healthy and to kind of um, be proactive of any potential issues coming up and you know I was thinking ahead because you know I I was thinking okay if something ever happens to me how am I going to prepare for it and that thought process sort of let me led me to it was kind of backwards because looking back now I I, I don't want to go to a hospital because my mom spent most of her life in the hospital Oh, or most of my life in the hospital. So when I was born, she spent a ton of time in the hospital. So there was this energy around, you know, how can you do things without going into that, stepping into that system? And so I realized after I had Jaden, which was my first, that a part of why I 
you know, choosing to go on that, that journey after my mom died and then finding out I was pregnant. A part of it was just simply, I didn't want anything to do. There was a resistance, anything to do with hospitals or anything to do with that system that I felt like there was a better way. Well, I, I think that that's a part, uh, reason why people choose home birth anyway. Yeah. I, mean, I never would have thought of, of having a home birth until I saw I witnessed a home birth. Yeah. My sister-in-law invited us to her birth. And it was one of the most amazing moments and days of my life because my entire paradigm shifted. I thought you gave birth in the hospital. And that's what most people think. And the idea that, I mean, it was so calm and so peaceful and the house was dark with candles and yeah. there was pretty music and there were these nice women walking around. And <laughs> and there, it was not crazy like in the movies. Yeah. And it was, um, I, and I don't like hospitals either. I don't, I'm not going to go to a hospital unless I'm about to die and they need to save me. And they're, thank God they're there for the 7% yeah. of, of home births that need to transport. So that tell that, that need to go to the hospital for some reason or another, something might not be going right. And, um, but uh, yeah, otherwise, so, so there's, well, a, there's a fear of hospitals, I think. Yeah. But, and, and so I tell people, give birth where you feel the least fear. Yes. And for me, that was definitely at home. Yeah. And, and, but I, and I was 25 minutes from a hospital. And so I had this, okay, if something goes wrong, we might not be able to get there in time. And, and I was okay with, um, with that risk as opposed to the risks that there are in a hospital. I personally had no plan B. My husband told me he did, but I did not. I, I knew that this is what I was going to do, and that was sort of it. There was this determination and focus, and particularly with the, well, the first one, you know, we had never done it. And I had never even heard about it. And then when I started researching it, it was, okay, there's a couple people. Literally, I found a woman who had an orgasmic birth. And that was the one woman who I had found who did this free birthing thing. She called it free birthing. I mean, I didn't even know what it was called. You know, it's not, there was no sort of, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what you some people do. Because, you know, you have that frame of reference of, Okay, hospital births, you know, there's C-sections, there is epidurals, there, you know, you have these frames of references, okay, home births, okay. And there's, there's, there's natural yeah. childbirth in the hospital. Exactly. Or, yeah. And I didn't even know you could have a baby in, a wa in the water. And so then when I had seen a couple of people online, I literally think it was two at the time that I had found. And one was orgasmic and another one was just talking about, you know, she was in Hawaii with uh, with mammals in the ocean and then like came out and like just gave birth right there on the beach. And it was incredible. I thought, wow, how can I do that? Exactly. But then that kind of, I went, okay, yeah, there's some logistics there that you have to deal with. Okay. Was there, was, was there any fear? No, there was no fear in. Okay. So bef when I made the decision, absolutely no fear. When I stepped into childbirth, you know, during my pregnancy, no fear, just clarity. And then I stepped into the childbirth process and you know, where you start to get those, I like to call them sensations of energy versus, um, versus that idea that you're contracting. Like when you, when you feel that it feels like this, not like, <sighs> you know, and that feels more expansive, more, more of a release versus 
um, a something that's restricting contraction. You. Yeah, yeah, more of a expansion. So when I went into that process, the moment I had fear was when it was you know eleven hours in, and it's like, okay, is this ever going to happen? There was a slight moment of fear, and I looked at my husband and I went, "Is there an emergency midwife line?" And he kind of looks at me, uh, no, that doesn't exist. There's a hospital. It's like, okay, I'm going to keep going. And so I shifted. Okay, we're going to go now. You really gave birth like women did forever. Now, there have been midwives. And I'll tell you what, knowing she was there when I had questions, you know, she left us alone for the most part until we needed her and felt, you know, um, knowing she was there was such a, I, I felt like it was a security to me, but I don't know. I'm so fascinated by what she did. There was, you know, my husband was very supportive. I don't think I could have chose even logistically. Like I wanted to, I wanted to birth in the water, you know, so you had to buy a pool. You had to, there was all these little logistical things you needed to do. I mean, we were in an apartment. I mean, you have this beautiful space here out in the country. We were not in this kind of setting. We were in a small apartment in LA, like a box with neighbors right next door to you. So there was no freedom. I to... walked around outside and hung <laughs> from tree limbs. and Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like that, right? It was, I had to create a box inside of this box that felt comfortable for me. So yeah, I did the candles, the dim lighting, um, the, uh, the kind of the music that I had whales playing in the background and like ocean sounds. And, you know, we were really close to us and we couldn't hear the ocean. So I was like, I need to hear the ocean. I need to feel the mammals in the ocean. Cause that one video kind of put in my head that that was a sort of perfect idea scenario. And I, if it wasn't for him, my husband, I don't know if I could have I couldn't have chose it in the same way, I don't think. I mean, I'm probably gonna have found a way to do it, but he handled the logistics. I wasn't, at least particularly with the first one, I mean, the third one, there was a funny moment of me putting the pool together and filling the tub with water and he's sleeping. You know, it's one in the morning, I'm gonna go to sleep for an hour while you're, you're doing what you're doing. Uh, but then I was like, okay, it's coming, let's go, you know. Um, it was very organic that way though. You know, it was organic in the sense that we just sort of flowed each birth. I listened to my heart. I listened to the baby speak to me inside. You know, you know we, we would communicate and the baby would be like, okay, yeah, this feels good. This does, like I could sense it based on how my body was reacting to the things I was choosing. You trust your intuition more than most people I know. And I think that if you weren't, in tune with yourself and trusting your intuition, it would be pretty difficult to make that decision. I mean, if I didn't have a meditation practice prior to making this choice, if I didn't have the awareness of you can create your own reality, if I didn't have the awareness of, you know, being being in my body and choosing what my body does and connecting my body to my emotions, to my heart, clearing my chakras, all these things that I learned, I don't, I don't feel I would have been as comfortable making that choice. Well, and you mentioned your husband had to be a part of it and it's absolutely true. Yeah. You know, you can't do a home birth if one of you isn't on board. No. Sometimes some husbands want it and the wife doesn't, you know, yeah. or the father and mother, I should say. Um, the, you both had to be completely on board for this and whatever yeah. it turned out to be. 
Yeah. And it turns out you had four beautiful births. Tell us about some of the births. So Jaden was, Jaden was my first. So I, first off, just before I say anything about the births, they were all transformative experiences for me. And I treated them that way. From the moment of inception, when this baby, you know, got formed inside of me, it, you know, came together and there was life created to the moment the baby was in my arms. That whole process was this nine, 10 month transformational process that was miraculous. Each of them had their own sort of points of growth, uh, revelations, you know, moments of darkness, moments of light, all of it. So Jaden was probably in many ways, my most transformative, it was the most transformative period of time in my life. I would say I went from being a girl, from being this, you know, this girl who didn't want kids, didn't understand what that meant, wanted to take care of all the other babies in the world, just wasn't sure if she wanted her own. And to giving birth and being this mother suddenly you know maiden who, mother a woman yeah, you ma know maiden to mother and it is does alchemize you it especially i was young i mean young for this day and age like i mean 24 turning 25 very soon at that time um and he that birth was long and and i did have that moment of being scared i mean it was the first time we had done it and it was sort of okay we're doing this and I could feel, and there was one thing I didn't know logistically that if I knew, and I wasn't even, I was, I was so focused on being comfortable that I wasn't tuning into my intuition. And I know that's what happened. It's like, I just want to be in this warm bath when the contraction comes. I don't want to move. I don't want to move. Ah! You know? And at that time it was about, okay, this feels like a contraction. This doesn't feel like a, a sort of this energy flowing in and this, this sensation of energy going over my body at that time when I was the first time I'm like, ah, you know, and so it was long and it, you know, it took maybe 14 hours total from beginning to end. And there were those moments of being scared. But when I made the choice to have him, I mean, and I pushed once, pushed twice, it was instant. I mean, it was, there was maybe a minute from the first push to, to seeing him, you know, and having him in my arms. And that, it, and that's kind of how, I operate my life is when you when you make a choice you focus and you become determined and and that's what it takes in this scenario you're focused you're determined this is how it's gonna be and this is it you know and you're gonna tune into your body you're gonna tune into your intuition you are going to be led and you are going to be guided period there's no room for chatter there's no room for anything else this is life or death and you know it's like boom you're doing this and um so once i had Jaden, then galen my second she she spoke to me a lot she made me go i mean she not made me but told me we need to leave where we are and and go to another state i was nine months pregnant and we had to set up a whole new birthing plan where we were boom boom ah, you know this this, and we put everything together and she um 
she came out, I had an orgasmic birth with her, which was still just to this day, one of those things, did that really happen? I mean, it was, and when you say orgasmic birth, people are almost like confused by it in a way. Like what, what do you like orgasmic or, you know, and yeah, like literally there was this sensation that came over you. It wasn't pain. It was like, it was, it was incredible. And she came out and she was about a four hour sort of ordeal, you know, from beginning to end. And it was romantic. My husband and I had like this romantic sexual experience. Like, I mean, it, it was such a beautiful, and it seems so out there right now you're having this romantic experience during your birth. No, we really were, you know, my, well, and if no one's around, I could see that it was perfect, yeah, you, you know, and my son was sleeping because uh, it was like the middle of the night and he was sleeping. We were birthing, you know, making love, having babies, you know, <laughs> and, so it was, and then the third Bella was, I wanted her. She spoke to me in this way of she, this Amazonian kind of goddess sort of I felt like I, all I needed to do was move during that birth. You know, you, you needed to move and to, and that was the theme, you know, you moved, you moved, you moved. And, and she came so quickly. I mean, it was two hours from start to finish. I mean, I don't even remember having contractions very much. She just, okay, I'm ready to come. And I started dancing around. Okay. The tub's there. Boom, go in, baby, come out. And you know, that was a funny one though, too. We had um, chose to go to a hotel because it needed to be by the ocean. Bella was telling me, I need to be by the ocean. You need to be by the ocean. Okay. So we got a hotel for two weeks right by the ocean. And um, we had support with our other kids. And you know, we set up this tub and I was making the most outrageous noises. Like I was literally in the Amazon, like, ah, oh, it was just like, well, I am not in a hotel with people surrounding me. I am outside in the wilderness with animals. Um, but there was a, uh, a security guard that came because there was a complaint about a noise and you know, I'm just pretending, oh, not, nothing, everything's okay. I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry for all the noise. And, you know, just went back into it and went into right after that, I kind of felt, okay, she's coming, went into the tub and, and it was just this very sort of calm and relaxing experience with her. And then Aubrey was by far my hardest birth. The fourth one. Yeah. Um, hardest emotionally. Uh, all of the other ones came when I didn't go to the doctor, so I didn't have a due date necessarily, but I knew when my last period was, and I put it in a calculator and it was like, okay, this is the day. And they came either the day or one day after, all three of the, the first three. And then the fourth, Aubrey was two weeks late. And that was unusual, you know, so th it felt already um, uncomfortable and, uh, not, not normal to what I, I had created and experienced with the others. And then she, I, it's, it was as if I, I couldn't, you know, my, my body wasn't sort of allowing it. There was this 
she wanted to stay in there she wanted to she kept telling me please let me be let me be like every time i went every time i went into meditation there was a let me be scenario and so i honored that i mean if you're if you go past a week i mean two weeks you are getting sliced open or induced one or the other to you know to get this baby out because she's they're overcooked sort of thing you know it's like it's too much you got to get her out yeah, i don't believe in that but, yeah, yeah but that's the like i had friends who even who were pretty into natural remedies natural solutions even birthing in some ways like are you okay is the baby okay like this you're you the baby needs to i mean and projections when you're pregnant don't even get me started but you know and then choosing something like this became you know uh you had to be certain and so aubrey was late came my water broke which was unusual as well because i never had my water break first and then i started bleeding and then discharge i mean there was discharge blood all these things i didn't understand or or fully could grasp and then i went back into okay what do i want i'm i'm getting out of creation and into scarcity i am scared now i am so scared and my husband looked at me and said are you are you okay if this baby dies Whew. Am I okay if this baby dies? Are you okay if you die? Well, what do you mean? Well, you're getting to a point where we need to make a choice. And I was in so much fear. And so I wasn't being led. When you're in fear, you don't, you, your intuition, you're, you're at odds with it. You, you're operating through a different lens. Mm -hmm. And I, I said, okay, I gotta pull a card. And I had these cards that I pulled to, for guidance sometimes when I just felt lost. Mm -hmm. Pulled a card and it was Archangel Gabriel and my husband's name's Gabriel. And I looked at him and he looked at me and our eyes kind of locked and there was that certainty that came back. The certainty, mm -hmm. the knowingness, the decision, then this is it. And, and I didn't even answer him. I just said, I have to start walking. I kept walking back and forth, back and forth. No more, no more than 20 minutes later. I said, okay, she has to come out now. I got into the tub and I pushed one huge fast push, looked down, saw her quarter wrapped around her neck, started unraveling it, put her on my breast and she was all good. But I lost my greater intention. I lost my focus. I lost my knowingness. I couldn't find my intuition. It was all gone. There's a certain bravery that it takes to, uh, to well, any, any birth. When, yeah. when a woman goes into birth, I think every woman, I'm certain, experiences some type of fear that you have to overcome. And that's part of the alchemy of, of motherhood, yeah. is by overcoming fear. By when we're, when we're being brave, isn't that one of the best things we ever are? For sure. Yeah, and how often do you get to be brave? Like. Hardly ever, right? Yeah. And so just when you, even if you choose to have a C-section in the hospital, there's For certain sure. bravery in, and there's always a, a risk of, of, you know, at, of, so there's all these levels again. And um, you took it, you take it to a whole other level of bravery, I feel like, because from the get-go, you, I'm going to do this. And no matter what happens, and I just, that's what's so amazing to me about your story is the, the 
bravery that none of us, not even me, I don't know if I would have had it. I'm done with babies. I, I don't yeah. know. I, I would love to do that next time. And I've had people tell me that after I tell them my home, home birth stories. They're like, I want to have another baby. The, my friend who edited my book, um, it made her wish she could have another baby and do it at home. You know? And so I, I think you're, I'm hoping you're inspiring people to consider this. How many books did you read while when you decided <laughs> I'm going to do this? I mean, because you obviously educated yourself. Yeah. What, what, I, so there was a book that I call the Bible to birthing and pregnancy and the, and the moment of inception of getting pregnant even. And it was called Sacred Birthing. Sacred Birthing. Do you remember the author's name? Yeah, uh, Sunny Carl. Okay, I'll put that in the show notes. And I, I felt, when I read that book, I had a friend give it to me. I told her. She was a very spiritual person, very in tune, attuned, all of it. And she said, I said, oh, I'm having this. By the way, I, I told very few people. Just That's another whole topic, but I'll finish this thought. Uh, I, I said, you know, I'm doing, we're doing this home, this unassisted thing, this home birthing. I don't even know what it is. I mean, this was when I had first gotten pregnant, but just, just letting you know, like I, you hold great space and you're a like-minded healer. So just want to put it out there to you. And she said, oh, I have to get you this book. So she handed me the book and I read it. And I mean, it, it opened my mind up and blew my mind. And it was like, I don't need anything else. This is all I need to get me, to push me through. Like, that's how I felt. That it, I literally felt that way when I read this book. And the thing that stuck with me, I mean, it stuck with me. It was, it was that when you're getting ready, when you're, ha when you're going through this process of wanting to get pregnant and, you know, you, you meet someone or you don't, or it's an accident, whatever it is, but the moment of the baby, the egg and the, the sperm uniting, I mean, what, that's where it all starts as in this baby's energetic blueprint begins and the tone you're in, like how connected you are to that person, the type of sexual experience. I mean, it, it's embedded somewhat into this, and this goes deeper into a different topic that we probably don't want to get into because that'll take us off. But it's... The, the sun is about to, for oh. those of you who are listening, you won't know this, and, I, and the, <laughs> the sun is about to go right across your face. And I don't know that it matters because it's a podcast, right? People are just listening. They're not You're like, watching the us. sun is about to... So you're going to have the sun going across. Maybe we should um, stop and re... Uh, position like reposition sure let's do that all right we're here <laughs> okay so you were talking about the book that your friend yeah it was it, it was all focused on how your energy is flowing when you're pregnant and how it impacts your baby how trauma is coming in are you anxious you know then that embeds into the the baby's energy field I mean it it was just all about the energetic dynamics of, of life. I mean, when 
you, you know, if you and your husband were angry or your partner were angry when you conceived or, and what that does to the baby. I mean, it start, it, this gets into some metaphysical yeah, sort I mean, of. Typically people aren't angry when they're conceiving. But what, what, but, but no, that's yeah. an example. <laughs> I'm so mad an at you. An example. <laughs> or like if you're sad or if you're actually orgasming versus like all the different, but it talks more about just how your frequency, your alignment, your energy, being pregnant, and how it, it interacts with the baby that's growing inside of you. And then when you're having the baby, so then the birthing process, then that's the other part of it is, are you in the stroll environment with all these people with, you know, the lights and the, you know, all this kind of movement and and taking how fast you get taken away from your mom and and all these things get brought up in the book and the environment you create to birth is so sacred and so special so whether you do choose to have a hospital birth making sure you can create somewhat of an environment versus you know creating the this really intense environment for the baby to come into could you imagine being you're in this beautiful cocoon, you know, of love, hopefully, and, you know, and, and you're floating around in this, the water, you know, I mean, essentially, totally that's what safe, it, totally safe. cared for. Yeah. And then you come out into bright lights. Babies don't, I read this whole, and it talks about in the book, babies do not come out and want to just cry. That, that's actually not natural. But a lot of babies come out and are like, you know, yeah. you hear, you I don't remember, I don't think my babies cry. Right. Yeah. And so you hear a lot of that, particularly, you know, I've noticed more so in hospitals or, you know, where they're like the lights are coming and the baby gets ripped away and the placenta gets cut and it's, you know, they, they get a shot. It, it's like, yeah, it's, it's this, it's a shock to their system is what it is. And, and this book addresses how to create a space and an environment where this baby feels so loved and so cared for and it's a natural organic flow out from the womb out into your arms and and that just it struck me because I never I didn't when I chose the the free birthing unassisted birthing I didn't think of that until I had read the book it, it wasn't really it's not that there was a process that took place that thought of that particular situation you know, having infrared lights and the, oh, the water. And even I had chosen the water prior to reading the, the book. I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I thought, okay, I'm going to do this in the water. And, um, and it talks about how when the baby comes out into the water, it, you know, it could be there for a few minutes, fine, underwater. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. it's not going to, it's not going to die from being, you know, it's not going to drown. It's been or, in fluids. Yes. Yeah. And it talks about how that feels very natural to them and how entering the world in the water sort of is a natural flow from mm -hmm. coming out of the water mm -hmm. you know it, it kind of in your belly boom and then when you pick the baby up and how you hold the baby and how you comfort and putting it right on your chest even if you're not choosing breastfeeding if you are i mean immediately bringing it mm -hmm. to your breast and putting mm -hmm. it on your breast the baby and 
I mean, just bringing so much light into their energetic field. Okay, so you were perfectly fine energetically, and this book helped you to be your your intu your intuitive nature, your energetic part of, of bringing a new life into this world. You were ready. What about the technical part? <laughs> I'm thinking like you know like what if, what what did you know about cutting the cord to the placenta? You know. and what did you know about if, if a, a placenta previa or if something was wrong? I mean, for me, I never went to the doctor once, never with yeah. one of my children. I never had an ultrasound. I didn't know if it was a boy or a girl and I loved it. The surprise was so much fun. Um, so now my midwife, was checking me out throughout my entire pregnancy, just like a doctor would. And she, they, she would have noticed if something wasn't right. So even during that part, um, you, tip, usually things go right. So, you know, the, the, your chances usually, of, yeah. yeah, your chances of, of having a normal birth are pretty darn good. Um, but, but so that, that technical aspect of, did you read a book about all the things that can go wrong and what you do? Uh, no, I, we did videos about all the, you know, these, these videos that showed you all the right things to do and make sure things go right. So I, <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, that's I, just where most people, my mind went there, you yeah. know, like, okay, well, what can go wrong? Well, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. For sure. And I had to stay out of that mostly if I was choosing this path. So my husband did, he understood how to cut the cord, although... I don't know if anybody's ever heard of a lotus birth, but you... That's when you keep the placenta, You do, right? and you put it in and put it on ice and let it organically fall off. I tried. I really did. I mean, the smells and the and and the discomfort with the first baby, especially, it was, it was hard because you're just like, I want to connect. Okay, there's a strip, you know. But the one thing you definitely should do is um, all the blood that's in... The, so you, you shouldn't just cut the cord. You should allow the, the, the optimal thing, whether you're in the hospital, whether you're having a home birth, you know, with a midwife or unassisted, whatever it is, the ideal thing to do is to make sure all the blood goes back into the baby when, when you eventually, I mean, it could be 20 minutes, it could be five minutes that the placenta comes out and then you kind of squeeze it, put it back into the baby, all the blood. I've never heard of yeah. that. And you you really shouldn't cut the cord. I mean, you know, shouldn't cut. I don't really like interacting with life like that. But the optimal thing, what feels the best to the baby, if you can, to keep that placenta attached, you know, don't cut it. Well, what would have happened 200,000 years ago if you were a cave person? You wouldn't have cut it. You wouldn't have cut it. No. Animals apparently bite it off. Yeah. Because they're like, I can't get this off my baby. Yeah. But... Um, it would have ha probably had to naturally fall off. I mean, yes. And so you can do that. It's, it's work, you know, it's, it's, you got to keep it. You got to keep things right. You don't carry it around with you. And then it's a little, it could, they say about five days is, is the normal. It could be three. It kind of gross. Kind of gross. I mean, I eat my placentas. Yeah, I know about so. that. I did not. We tried. We planted a tree on our placenta. We knew about eating it, putting it in. in cap, people make smoothies and they encapsulate the placenta. What does that do for you? Why do people eat their placenta? It helps balance your hormones. It helps balance. I mean, it postpartum. It. There's so many women who have testimonials around. I I did this and I you know 
I felt so much better. You know, I didn't do it for this birth. I did, you know, the, it balances out your hormones. It helps with the postpartum. It helps with even the nourishment, like of your, what you're feeding your baby, your, you know, the breast milk, everything. And I mean, it's organ meat. Yeah. And it's, it's human organ meat. It's a little bit weird. <laughs> I mean, uh, the encapsulation is the easiest way to do it, you know, because, but it was in your body. You, you know, the, the, it was, yes, it's an organ, but. Well, I'm thinking the cave people thought, look, we delivered a baby and a meal, our first meal. It's yeah, right it's here. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's perfect. But uh, hopefully they give it to the mom. Um, <laughs> not everybody else. <laughs> but I, so my husband did watch the videos, you know, too. He, he looked things up. I was focused on the spiritual Okay, aspect. so he was, he was more of the, the, the service guy like the like yeah i know how to cut the cord properly and tie it well and how to catch the and baby and how to no you don't catch well you know what that's we call it <laughs> yeah it's true you don't catch a baby you help you you just are there well it was in the water for okay. me so for me that wasn't a thing i knew that it was going to be in the water um you know he he definitely if i had been outside of the water i uh, he would have had a plan. I'm sh he would have had plans in his head that this is how it would probably look. But I knew it was going to be in the water, so then it just, the baby naturally falls. So I, that wasn't so much a concern. Um, but yeah, the cutting the cord was, I found it fascinating. That was the question that people asked me after they knew that we did this, you know, this unassisted birthing. I'm like, that's such an interesting question. That's the question. <laughs> I was like, okay. Well, you know, I, I want to ask you about that. So you didn't tell very many people you were doing this, obviously, because you didn't feel like it was a decision you had made and you, you are free to make this decision. Yeah. Um, but you didn't want to deal, I'm assuming you didn't want to deal with people, the naysayers. Well, I call them projections. Yes, that I did not want around me there. It felt... At the time with, with the first birth, it was different. I'd never done it. I had no track record. This was my first baby. I mean- People would call you crazy. They, they would. And I told some people that I felt could support me. So I feel, I feel this way about most creations. And decisions you make, and yes. Yes, so when you feel, there's no, you know, whether you make, it's a, it's a business decision or you're, you're starting, a if podcast, you tell the wrong people, they'll throw cold water on it. Yeah, right. there's this this ability, and and not that it has to affect you. Some people use that as fuel. You know, there are people who use naysaying and and projections as fuel. Oh yeah, okay. And I I don't have so much of that personality. I I you know I can override people. I more have to go. Okay, I'm going to clear their energy. It's harder for me to use that as fuel. So I've learned I, that in my life for sure. I don't share my new creation yes. ideas with people who are going to tell me I can't do it or I shouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that I don't want some good some if someone had was like, "Well, wait a minute. Your your mom had difficulty giving birth, you know, maybe you know, if, if someone's going to going to help you think it through, that's different." But And I knew the people that in my heart, who I could tell and who would be supportive about that decision and encourage me. And 
through their heart, through their guidance, through their intuition, their gut feeling, you know, these are the things I call, you know, that's, these are things I'm referring to as intuition. They could tell me if they felt something was off and I would trust them. Well, and it was a decision you'd already made. It wasn't like you were saying, hey, no. what do you think about this? No, I wasn't. You, right. And when you're already that clear yeah. on something. So I didn't tell my dad. He was the one that I felt most guilty about. And, um, he, yeah, he he would have really been scared. and Because well, the grandparents feel like it's their baby, too. Yeah, and I mean, I, I said to, and after I had the baby, I literally, he was the first person I called, and I said, hey, um, yeah, so I just had this baby, it all's good, but just to let you know, no one was here but me and Gabriel, and um, a friend of mine had walked in and at on that birth, but I mean, nobody was here to to sort of facilitate in this birth. And he said, what, what are you, that's crazy. Yeah, and I'm sitting here, do you not want to know anything else? I mean, there but was, he had to process it then. Yes, he had to process it then. And I, I did learn with my second birth, it, it, it was easier to tell people. Cause you, you know, were like, I got this. I got this. I mean, there were still plenty. There were plenty of people who was, well that, okay. All was okay with the first one how do you know you can you know replicate this and how how do you know you're going to do the same thing with the second little one? do you know i'm going to do it three more times <laughs> <laughs> okay so if people want it we're interested in this if, if they've gotten this far the podcast and they're interested in free birthing you've recommended a book what uh, what other resources would you recommend what i mean could they can they uh, um, reach out to you so i i have coached a lot of women into home birthing but unassisted birthing I've only one woman and she was a friend of mine and the reason I say so yes I can be helpful and I just like any other coaching I do and and in this topic I have a lot of information valuable practical things that women can do and and how to change I mean how to literally not have morning sickness. I have like, I, not a physical trick. It's an emotional trick. I mean, and I'll tell you about that in one sec here, but, um, yes, I definitely can be helpful and, and coach people to be able to do an unassisted birth. However, I don't recommend it for most people. And, and it's, it's, it sounds interesting because I, I'm, I've done it four times. I sound like I'm, yes, this is amazing and this is what you, you know all the things i'm saying support that this should be a normal way to to operate in life and and even though i believe all those things i i would i always ask people when they come to me and say i want to do an assisted birthing do you think i can and i said well no because they're asking me do you think I can? Oh, they have to already know. Yeah. And I say, I, I'm saying you could get there. I don't want to be responsible for that decision. Right. That's a huge decision. That is on you. That's right. That's, that's got to be on them. Yeah. I yeah. didn't train to be a midwife where I'm, yeah, yeah, come over. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you birth this baby. When the truth is there are midwives out there and this is what they do. They help you from yes. conception to. But I did have a friend who came to me and said, I, I want to do an assisted birthing. Um, so tell me all, you know, tell me, you know, give me any resources you have. And I said, wow, I feel like you're, yeah, that's cool. I feel like I can get on board with this. And she was more of a friend, not a client. She sort of became that, but I, 
you know, I did give her all the resources. And in the end, in the end, she said, you know, I, I actually think I'm going to have a midwife. Mm -hmm. And, but she ended up having, you know, she ended up having a midwife, but her birth did feel, she said she felt so empowered by even just looking at the choice of, of home birthing or unassisted birthing. And it led her to feel more empowered to have a home birth. Well, see, that's what I think this interview is going to do. Yes. I don't think 9,000 people are going to go have unassisted births. I think what they're going to do is go, whoa, she just pushed the goalposts back. Like, our, I, you, if, if you can do that, obviously I can do it at home with a midwife. And I'm also not saying, you know, I don't want to come across as, oh, well, I did this. I'm the only one who can do this. Or, no, people do this. It, it's just... It takes that level. Uh, this is a major decision. It takes a certain personality. Yeah, and it takes a certain level of certainty. And you may be certain about something else in your life. You know, there may be something else you're certain about that you can do that I wouldn't be able to do. But in this area, I know I can, I know I will, and I'm very certain. And so that's why when people come to me with wanting to have natural births, home births with a midwife, you know, it's easy for me to hold that space because I have this other container I have clearly constructed and can can do and successfully and feel confident. So it's very easy. So what what coaching do you do? Yeah. So basically, I mean, as far as the, specifically in and relation coaching to coaching and healing. Now I want to talk about we can talk about birth all for hours. Yeah. Uh, and I want to. But I also want to, I'm just curious about you in general for, for, you know, what, what, what else do, what is it that you bring? I know you do great, uh, body work and healing work. What else? Yeah. Any? So I started and, and I'll, I've been, I'll reference this because it's very relevant to where we're going. Um, when somebody handed me at the same time, the sacred birthing book and somebody else who was a more practical friend, um, handed me what to expect when you're expecting. Oh, that, that's the, I wasn't even going to mention that book. But that's but, the, that's the book you don't want to yeah, read. Yeah. Yeah. So they, I had these both books in my hand and I went, I opened that what to expect when you're expecting. And I went, what is this? Fear, and fear, 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 fear. I fear. mean, man, I'm going to shut that down. And then I started writing a book called what to create when you're expecting. I haven't published it, but it's nearly done. And that's what my coaching is about, essentially, what to create when you're expecting, but all my coaching, you know, you're, you're creating your own life. There is a destiny component. And then you, you allow your intuition, you have the ability to tap into your intuition simultaneously and be guided. Now, what gets in the way of that is obviously your mind, your mind chatter, your fear, your insecurities, your past, past traumas and situations that get in the way of you seeing clearly and even really knowing what you want to create. And when you don't know what you want to create and when you can't tap properly into your intuition, if you're constantly questioning, is this intuition or is this just my fear talking or is this, should I do this? Should I not? I mean that even my friends who come to me, you know, who say, um, you know, I keep getting this thought and I can't, I can't figure out if it's my intuition or if I'm just, if it's, if it's fear, if it's because I feel it's fear, or is it like really something in my heart that's speaking to me? And these are people, and I get it sometimes, these are people who, who are trying to discern, 
you know, and, and I have the ability to help people discern, you know, where, where is this coming from? And how can we get you back into a space where your intuition is speaking to you and not just your mind chatter and not both? Because it sometimes can be both and it can get confusing. And I help people process unresolved issues. So if there is past traumas or current traumas or, you know, childhood traumas or whatever that that looks like or experiences maybe people don't even identify with things they've gone through as trauma maybe it's just an experience but it has left an an imprint on them that isn't allowing them to sort of move forward and accomplish the things that they're wanting to accomplish because now they're insecure because of this thing that happened or these five things that happened so it's essentially identifying you know, these, these things that are holding people back, getting to the root issue, dissecting it, um, bringing things to light that they may not even see that's, that's there. And, and this is how I work with my, with people I coach in, in the birthing process too, in the pregnancy process. I do the same thing because, well, I'm fearing this, I'm fearing, okay, let's go back to where this began. Cause this didn't just start today. You know, you, you didn't just suddenly, oh, this is my fear. You know, everybody has their own set of fears. And then you have the projections of society that feed those fears. So then you have to separate yourself from that. And see, fearlessness is a big thing for me. Yeah. I mean, I, and I, I've had to, I, I say that, and then I have my own fears. You know, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not fearless, but that's my goal. Yeah. And to step into this world, and, and the older I get, the, the more fearless I become because I'm like, well, it's just, the, the yeah. clock's ticking. And I, you know, so I love when I feel fearless. Yeah. So whatever you're, if you're creating a place where people heal where their fear is coming from and step into their fear and, and through their fear and get beyond their fear, yeah. that's a huge healing. Yeah, it's not about telling people what to do. You know, there are moments I have, you know, these, these sort of, I call them intuitive hits or guidances or, you know, and, okay, you should do this. This is, this seems like a really good idea for you right now. And, and here's what I feel, but it's really about having people be able to tap into their own intuition and their own guidance and understand, you know, what is next for them and how they can process energy and how they can move through that. You're teaching a man to fish. Yeah. You're giving him a fish. Yeah, You're giving him the, 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 the process. That's amazing. I know you're a healer. Yeah. Um, you were going to tell us how to not have morning sickness. Oh, <laughs> this is okay. I did not have any morning sickness with my first. Well, no, I hold on. I take that back. The middle two, I did not have any morning sickness with the first. I was resisting having a baby. So I've met other people in this situation who've said, I can't believe I'm pregnant. How did I, you know, and they're like, I'm so sick. I have so much mornings. Oh, I have so much. And, and I'm like, huh, interesting. And so I had those same thoughts. And then it got me thinking when I initially had the first, whoa, you're so what's happening when you get pregnant just to this is the spiritual thing that is happening that I know to be true that I know to be true there's this baby now that is entering into your energy field and you have your energy and if you're misaligned with that pregnancy or you have misalignments 
for whatever reason, and you're not syncing up with the baby, you will get more of those symptoms. And I am proof of this. And nausea is what your body does that when it's trying to get rid of something. Get rid of unprocessed energy. And so I became so aware of it. And I, both pregnancies that I had this happen with, I did the same thing and it instantly resolved. And so the morning sickness came right away. And so it wasn't like, oh, now I'm four months pregnant or three months. Oh, that's just the first trimester. I feel so much better. It was nothing like that. It was, okay, I have this, this discomfort. And I would, and then I'd feel, am I aligned with my baby? That's the question I would ask. I had it with my fourth because I didn't, that was a big surprise. Fourth was a big surprise. I felt done after the third. So now I'm having this fourth, whoo, ah, like unresolved. Oh my gosh, I just got through this stage of baby and like, I feel so good being free. You know, or, you know, there was these different things. So first one and uh, first one and then the last one, both I had misalignments. Middle two, I didn't. And the minute I said, oh man, oh, I'm not connected to this baby's field. I am operating in my own frequency of fear, judgment, criticism of all these, ah, that's how it felt. And I went into uh, a state of surrender and I went into a state of love for this baby that has chosen me. What? This baby chose me and I chose this baby. And I went into that joy, surrender, joy, peace, morning sickness completely gone interesting completely that day within like and it never came back both pregnancies and i would i think i may have been six weeks into Jaden's or seven and then aubrey was even a little tiny bit longer because i there's a lot of okay so this is your theory yeah have you told women this and had experiences <clears throat> yes excuse me where they've absolutely okay if they truly do what i say and they are they want to see their imbalances because you have to in any work that i do with people and any of the coach you any coaching work any healing work you have to want to see if you don't want to see you're not going to look and then you're not going to resolve whatever issue that is that's holding you back or that's creating morning sickness or you know my theory is everything's energy you know everything comes back to your alignment your energetic field and so if there is misalignments and you're not wanting to look them, of course, you're still going to have morning sickness or whatever. But yes, there are t tons of people that I said, hey, do this. And I'll, I even said, this is a part of one thing I would do. Okay, you're having this. So, okay, a client of mine. Okay, let's sit down. We're going to do a meditation. We're going to connect to the baby. And then that's also a way if you can't do it. Okay, let me facilitate it then. Let's, let's get into a space of connecting. You know, everything you've said about uh, creating a, a baby and being in alignment with it is a metaphor for creating our own lives yes. and being in meta being in alignment with that. Yeah. Because it's all, like you said, it's all energy and we're creating it. And if we recognize what's causing misalignment, I love that word. Yeah. Misalignment. Um, whatever's creating, there's so many words that that could, you know, strife or, or just yeah. imbalance or, or angst. Yeah. Um, what is creating it? You have to want to look. Yeah. And then you have to want to heal. And you are creating your, your life. 
Mm-hmm. You're creating this baby's life. And the, I just found that parallel, the way you were working with yourself yeah. on that. And how do you want it to be? And you're going to create that with your thoughts, your energy. And if you are thinking in terms of it's going to be great and I'm making this happen and not being in a place of fear, but you have to recognize it. You have to recognize most people don't even know they're walking around in fear. Yeah, you have to want it. You know, you really do. And I, I'm going to reference, you know, there was this, uh, many people watched it, The Secret. You, yeah, yeah. you know, that documentary and the law of attraction, the law of attraction. There was a key thing, in my opinion, missing. I mean, I don't feel not going to, but there was a key thing missing in there and that they didn't talk a lot about your state of being. And, and uh, one of my favorite teachers, Abraham Hicks, mm-hmm. she talks, continually talks about your field, your energetic field, your alignment points, where are you operating from? Are you at a lower frequency, a higher frequency? And that to me, when creating reality is the most important thing. Yes, you need to know what you want. Being clear about what you want and releasing the things that are keeping you from what you want. Yes. But then to create what you want, putting yourself in a space where your vibration is at a, at a, at a vibrational match with what you're wanting. You know, and that's the same with pregnancy. That's the same with, that's the same with birthing. Right. Well, and that's, I love this because now we're, now we're talking my, my, what I love to talk about and that's um, creating your world. And if you aren't creating it on purpose, you'll create something and wonder what happened. Yeah. How'd I get here? Because you, you ha- and so if you don't know, you have to know what you want. And a lot of times we don't. And so then you have to figure out what you want because you've got this life and it's creative. So, and what's interesting, and, and I just thought of this is, you know, if people are listening and they're, you know, they're like, oh, I want to do a home birth, but my husband is, is, is won't let me. Cause I, I've had people who have said that and I'm just, what do you mean? It's your body. Like my instinct, you know, but it, it's, it's not, you know, if he's a, in a place of fear about it. Yes. Yeah. And so what's interesting is I've worked with couples on this. And I mean, there are the ones that don't want to look, you know, like, and, and then the wife just says, you know, it's easier, it's easier just to let it be and go to the hospital and whatever, you know, I'm just, then I don't even have to fight him. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but if, if they can, and this is where even working with, with couples on this, understanding, getting on the same page, you know, when Gabriel and I created our birth plan, my husband and I, we created the energetic field. And, and that's an interesting, a lot of people may not even interact with energetic field. What does that mean? It's the tone, the tone of how we want this, this box to look. And we did it together. And that's something else that I love facilitating in, whether it's birth or it's how people want to set up their relationships or their lives, their lives the together. What do you want our future to look like together? How should it feel? Yeah, because you come yes yeah you come together and you have your own okay this is my set of you know opinions this is my set of this and this and i have these visions and but what does that look like together and and some people can organically flow and 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 even though sometimes when you're organically flowing you can there are these edges you hit and with each other and then if you work through them that's amazing but you know, if you don't, then you have to both become very real 
with where you're at and where you're wanting to go and how to create that space of going together, you know, and so. There's healing that happens just there, just sitting, sitting with someone and choosing mm -hmm. your co-creative path together. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to say? We're going to have to wrap up. What, um, anything else we missed or that you, you feel like you'd like to share with people who are interested in what we've been talking about? It's important to go into birthing and choosing your birthing plan in a conscious way. So if you are choosing a hospital birth and that does feel what's best for you and you're choosing an epidural, you're choosing, you know, to create more, to create some numbness in your body or being aware of, of why you're choosing it is super important. And this, you know, this gets into a bit of a, a different conversation, but just to know if you're, whatever you're choosing, being aware, allowing yourself to ask the question of, of why that's your choice. And if it is your choice and it's still your choice after you look at it, whether that's home birth with a midwife, unassisted birthing, um, you know, a hospital birth naturally, a hospital birth, you know, with intervention of some sort, a C-section, a planned C-section. I've met many women who have had planned C-sections for convenience sake. You really, I would say, allowing yourself to see why you're choosing what you're choosing and then sort of tapping into your heart, giving a moment to be connected to your baby and feeling into if that is still the right decision. Instead of just making choices because it seems like the normal thing to do or it seems or what like everybody does. everybody's doing mm -hmm. it or a doctor, heaven forbid, a doctor saying, uh, I'm on vacation, so this C-section needs to be this week mm -hmm. because, uh, you know... It's convenient for someone else, right? Yeah, no, not because it's convenient. You know, and don't be afraid to push your edge in, in this area. If you're thinking, oh, maybe I can do a home birth, and, you know, move, push it a little bit. You know, allow yourself to to think outside of what you, that normal box of, of, of how birthing should look or shouldn't look. And if you've had a birth that was amazing at home and it was with a midwife and now you're, you're going, oh, I wanna have this unassisted birth, but boy, that seems scary. All you need is to make the decision mm -hmm. and allow the pieces to fall into place. Mm -hmm. And I mean, call me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, like, you know, I love it. The, the only thing it said over the Oracle at Delphi was know thyself. Yeah. And that's what you're hitting on because it's, it's not just what do I want, but why? Yeah. You said the why, why am I making these decisions? Why am I choosing the, the, there's an airplane. Ah. <laughs> um, I'll let it pass. And I just want to thank you for that because I don't think I've ever thought of that before. I've thought of what do I want a lot and I know that I'm creating it and that's wonderful, but I don't think I've thought why. And that's where the juices. Children the ask why all the time. And <laughs> I mean, my four-year-old consistently asks why. And I actually love that question. 
but I never thought, okay, I knew I wanted a home birth, but I, I guess on some deep level, I thought of why. And it was because I, the, for me, I have more fear of being in the hospital than I do of being at home and being at home looked awesome, but I never thought this is why I, I don't, I mean, well, and that's what I touched on also is at first it seemed like it was the fear, you know, of the hospital was greater, you know, and so, but that after I started thinking about it, the choice was already made. You know, I already made that choice of unassisted, but then I started looking at why, but, but then getting too caught up in the why at the wrong time is, it can also set you back from your journey. So it's like knowing the why's in the right moment. Yeah, yeah. At and, the beginning, I'm doing this. Why yeah. am I doing this? Yeah, and then moving forward on, on your journey with your... But I'm definitely, I stand and I sit and I, I walk in the knowingness that we can all have these miraculous, beautiful, natural births if we're choosing it. We can have whatever we want. We can be screaming and dancing and singing outside and birthing, or we can be inside in a tub and, and having an orgasmic birth or it's anything is possible. I stand in that. Well, and the other thing is babies, there are still births yeah. and it happens in the hospital. It, does. it happens at home and it could happen anywhere. So I think also being okay with the, 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 the part that fate plays in our lives. Exactly. I mean, we're choosing a, most of what happens, but some of it we don't, and for whatever reason. I'm so glad you said that. I have one thing I, I felt that I, I didn't say. Uh, I, I trust that I'm guided. So if in any given moment, as long as I feel connected to my body, my spirit, my heart, my, my, my everything, it feels balanced, I know I'll be guided if I needed to go to the hospital because mm. something was telling me inside that, yes, you need to go. I knew, I knew I would be guided to the next steps of what I needed in each birth. And in that moment with the last birth, that's the reference point of, do I want to go to the hospital? Do I need to? And when I felt my body, I felt, I picked that card in that moment. I, I felt my being. I was guided. Okay, you need to start walking. How did you learn to trust that intuition so much? Where, where did you get that? Because that's what people who are listening to this are going, well, I want to be guided. I had it as a child. Most people do. Most people have. When you're, when you're this pure, infinite being, you're an infinite being of potential. You have this ability to to see and feel clearly and then you get completely bombarded <laughs> with other people's emotions and projections and understandings and you start to learn and you start to then filter things through different lenses and you you actually lose what you already had right so this is about keeping a clear mind and it, it's that intuition and I feel very intuition, like I trust my intuition. Yeah. Um, but I think to help people develop that. Well, there are different tools. So if I'm feeling off and, and I don't feel 
clear because everybody gets a little off anybody whether you're teaching how to be on or off or everybody i mean i teach people how to how to stay connected to their intuition so if if i'm feeling off personally i become super still sometimes and sometimes i cry and sometimes i scream whatever my body is trying to release in that moment I choose to release it or I choose to go inside and become super still and let the internal process take place. So I'll do a guided meditation. I generally know myself well enough now to know when I'm disconnected from my source, from my being, from some people say God, from, from God, from source, from your, you know, your, your higher self and how, how I get back there determines the choices I make along that way. So that's why not every, so I guess that to, to go a little bit back to what you were saying, you know, the, the tool, everyone's different. And that's why it's important to once again, know yourself. So in those moments, when you feel disconnected, do I need to scream and release energy? Cause I'm feeling disconnected. Should I go for a walk? and get and hear the birds and and feel the wind should i what is going to put me back into inspiration what is going to connect me back into inspiration and then you're you will you're intuiting that though yeah. like, okay, what is it i need yeah yeah so it, you're so good at that it and becomes natural you know but ultimately if you can still your mind so meditation is a good place to start if you can still your mind in that moment, or you have a coach you work with, or you have a friend, or you have, you know, that can, you can process some energy with, and they can help guide you, you know, I think this is, this would be a good idea. And then suddenly you do that thing and you feel so much better. And then you're back to your source. You're back to center. You're back to your intuition. You're back to your inner guidance system. Breath work. I just yeah. love that. I've breath been, yeah. work. Mm -hmm. I mean, and meditation is for me breath, breath work. Yeah. It goes hand in hand. But stillness, you know, if you if if meditation t seems like some people say, well, I can't even still my mind. Like when I'm in that space, how do I even get to a place of 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 stilling my mind? And so this is where your breath work can come in and you focus on your breath you focus on you put on music you listen to sounds and you focus on your breath and the sounds and you bring yourself back to center and i there's many times and i'm i'm laughing right now inside because the other day my daughter I mean, all of them, actually. <laughs> One was talking this way. The other child was doing this. The other child. Man, did I feel disconnected from everybody. I said, okay. And I do this sometimes. Everybody stop. I need to breathe. And I, I, I can't hear you, so you can keep talking. But everyone, but I, I need to breathe. And so I took my four breaths, and I just connected into those breaths. And said, okay, go ahead. <laughs> And I was back to it. It took one minute for you. Yeah. yeah. You know, so a lot of times you become out of balance because there are these exterior things happening, you know, external things happening that help to create imbalances. You know, 
And alone time is so important that way where you take your time. And that's why it's like, oh, so take your time, your 20 minutes to meditate. Sometimes it's not even about the meditation. I mean, it is and it isn't. It's, it's you're disengaging and you're connecting to nothingness. Well, is walking going to do that for you? Then go for a walk and, you know, feel the earth, feel Mother Gaia, feel whatever elements around you that, that are going to bring you back to center. Mm -hmm. Everything's about bringing ba you back to your source, bringing you back to center. And then your intuition is much clearer. I am so grateful that you came on today Aww. and shared all this with me and with anyone who is listening. So I will uh, post in the show notes how people can reach you through your website. Sure, yeah, I have two websites. One's really geared towards mothers and understanding my journey. So my full birth stories are on there. And, um, you know, the sort of the the understanding of what I can offer people, which I already touched on, but the other website is more just for anyone, you know, um, to, to reach out to me. You don't have to be pregnant, you right. know, <laughs> you just, it's like, if you're wanting to get pregnant, if you're, you know, that people have come to me to want, they wanted to get pregnant. And, you know, we saw the misalignments and the next thing you know, they're pregnant mm -hmm. because we dealt with those misalignments. So you, people come find you who are looking to heal. Yeah. And, create something in their life that they're missing that yeah. they and, and there's a there's probably a, a some type of a misalignment there's that word I love it yeah whether it's in a relationship I mean I've had so many couples I've worked with and actually did immersion experiences with that I helped them understand and see each other and themselves separate and together so yes Thank you, Christina. Oh, thank you, Betsy. Um, and be sure and subscribe. The channel is still in its infancy and that every subscription, it just means so much. Mm -hmm. And I intend to keep bringing people on who push our boundaries and make us think outside of our boxes. <laughs> so I um, look forward to seeing you next time. We're in the light. Yeah, it came on. <laughs> Butterflies and birds. <laughs> Ciao. I live better than a king ever did. I live better than a king.